Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. This is the NBC University Theater, presenting the third in a series of five radio plays based on great American stories. Tonight, it's Number One by John Dos Passos, starring Barry Sullivan in the leading role. Representative Homer T. Crawford of Texarkola made news today as he threatened to call on his followers in the Every Man a Millionaire movement to march on Washington. While the leaders on Capitol Hill were bitter in their criticism of Representative Crawford, Toby Spotsworth, Crawford's private secretary, claims the Every Man a Millionaire movement is growing from day to day. Mr. Spotsworth says... Room service. Room service. Say, where's that ice I ordered? And the soda. Okay, make it snappy. Toby, man, what's the idea of telling me to meet you in a Washington hotel room, huh? In this kind of weather. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a friend of yours, boy. Well, it's the best I can do, Ed. I gotta stay close by Crawford's headquarters. With me, home is where the Gideon Bible is. Yeah, well, what all do you do for this champion of the people, anyway? Huh? Oh, you know, the usual things. I handle the mail, press conferences, public relations, arrange meetings, stage the campaign. <laughs> what a rat race you're in, man. Say, look, Toby... If you're going to knock yourself out, why don't you do something for yourself? Huh? At least you could get a job here in Washington. A mighty good appointment, too. You know, Toby, I talk to people. They think you got a lot on the ball. Uh, come in. Room service, sir. Oh, good. Put that stuff down over there, eh? Uh, here. Here we are, boy. Thank you, sir. Anything else? No, thanks. Well, this is more like it, huh? Say, Toby, how, how'd you get hooked up with this Harmony Belt Messiah? Huh? Oh, Ed, I just drifted into it. A lucky break, I guess. You know, I was in the lumber business in Texarkola. Used to have trouble with gas and oil leases. That's how I met number one. He was on the utilities commission. And when the crash put us out of business, Chuck gave me a job. Oh, Toby, boy, I've seen a lot of these spellbinders. Uh, this Hamhock Horatio who's going to save the country for the common man... He's got a crazy streak a yard wide. Okay, okay. And maybe you've got to have a crazy streak to appeal to the American people. Ed, you know, you've been in the East too long. You're cynical. You don't know how the folks back home feel. Now, wait a while, boy. I come from Texarkola, you know. I am one of those folks. Yeah, sure. At heart, you are. That's why I want you and no one else to write this book for number one, the story of his life. Oh, well, uh, we'll see that it's worth your while, Ed. Sales or no sales, you won't lose any money on the deal. <laughs> we just want the whole country to know, number one, the way the folks back home do. Mm, okay, Toby, I'll write the book if you say so. From Poor Boy to President, The American Story. Oh, brother. Of course, it'll have to be under his name. Don't worry, man, I won't want my name on it. Uh, hold it just a second, Ed. Relax, Toby boy, you're jumping. Uh, that thing gets on my nerves. Hello, this is Spotsworth. What is it? 
Oh, Sue Ann. Well, uh, honey, I'm tired, dead tired. I'm talking with Ed James about the book. Oh, that's wonderful. But you've just got to help me out. Senator Johns is having supper with Chuck in our suite. You've got to get us a news photographer right away. Oh, but Sue Ann, it's late. I don't know if I can possibly... Yes, yeah, sure, but you can't just whistle for a news photographer. Well, we just got to do it for Chuck, Toby. And Senator John thinks he's just here for a little visit. He doesn't know anything about the picture, oh. so you'll have to hurry. He may leave. Oh, all right, Sue Ann. I'll try somehow. I... Oh, I knew you would, Toby. You all come on over now. You'll be sober, you hear me? And don't be smelling a liquor either. You know how the senator feels about it. All right, Sue Ann. Bye. Say, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can help me, huh? I've got to get a news photographer, Chuck Sweet. Senator Johns is over there. Gosh, Toby. You know, the boys are shy about those phony publicity plants. I did. I've got to come through. I'll make it right with the guy. He won't be sorry he came. Uh, okay, I'll see if I can get a friend of mine. That's my boy, Ed. Thanks. Fix it up, and we'll go over to the suite and see Chuck. I'll be with you in just a minute. Okay, I'll make my call. Operator, uh, get me Acme News Service, will you? Oh, and Ed, before we go... Well, Sue Ann, that's Chuck's wife. Yeah? Uh, she thought that, well, uh, there's a bottle of mouthwash here in the bathroom. You know, the senator's dead set against drinking. Yeah, well, I'm not going to kiss him, Toby. I'm sorry I didn't bring my sense in. Hello, Acme. Uh, let me talk to Joe Kleinfeld, will you? Yeah, Joe Kleinfeld. <laughs> Well, now, uh, the way I see it, Senator, it's like this. <laughs> of course, I'm just a little old hillbilly boy, and I ain't had but a smattering of schooling. But I can remember the good book my old mother taught me to read, and it says there that we should spread the good things of the land among all the people of the land. Well, now, I'm not going to go on record against the Bible, but there are more and less radical ways of achieving that end. Well, now, Senator, I just think in terms of the ordinary common man. That's the story of my life, sir. And, Mr. James, you can remember that. I understand you want to write up my life and biography. Well, sir, my life's story is in the hands of the American people. The introduction was written by the folks back home. And if God gives me strength, the best chapters are still to come. I'm sure you'll go far, Mr. Crawford. Now I think I'd better be going. Oh, don't rush off, Senator. Oh, I'm sure if you'll just wait a few minutes... Why, sure, sure. What's the hurry? Wait a... Wait a more coffee for everybody here. No, no thanks. I really must. Oh, come, come in. in. This is the Crawford suite, right? I'm a photographer from Acme News. A photographer? Now, now just a minute. Oh, I declare. I don't know how these newspaper men do it. They just seem to find you everywhere. Let's see. Uh, you're Senator Johns, right? Suppose you just sit there at the table with Mr. Crawford. Well, now, son, that's just plain little old Chuck Crawford. <laughs> of course, a backwoods boy like me would be mighty honored to have his picture took with a famous public servant. So what do you say, Senator? I would feel kind of mean to disappoint the boy. Well, all right. Let's get it over with. Say, Chuck, you ought to be doing something, you know, to make the picture interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, that's right, Toby. Something uh, natural-like. That's right. Oh, let me see now. Say, uh, suppose I was to look at this big fancy hotel menu here like I was all bewildered. Uh-huh. Uh, making a face like I was mad because I can't find no hog jowl and turnip greens on it. Swell, go ahead. Oh, uh, but there ain't a place in Washington you can get that good down-home cooking. Okay. Hold it. That's great, Chuck. Just one more now. Uh, uh, what? Okay, thanks a lot. Well... See you later, man. Right, Joe. Thanks a lot, son. 
Well, now that I've served my purpose, I'll be going. Good night, everyone. Well, I sure am honored to talk with you, Senator. I've always been a great admirer of yours, sir. Good night, Senator. And thanks a lot. Well, he sure didn't lose no time getting out, did he? Well, maybe we shouldn't have done it, Chuck. He was awful mad. Ah, <laughs> uh, that old stuff sure will cool off quick enough when he sees his pitch in the paper. Do you reckon they'll run the pitcher? Oh, they'll run it all right. And with all that hog jowl and turnip greens. Well, now, I reckon you think that's all horsing around and demagogue foolery, Mr. James. But there's a lot of poor folks down home don't eat the proper food. And when they hear that old Chuck eats turnip greens and such, they'll try it and start getting their proper vitamins. Well, I never thought of that, Chuck. Maybe there's something in it. <laughs> You're darn tootin' nails. And now, Sue, honey, you better run along, run along to bed now. Toby and me is going to show old Ed here to town whilst we talk about this here book. All right, Chuck. Don't you let Toby drink too much. And don't you boys do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> well, now, the first thing you got to know, Ed, is that I've begun to make my own way when I was ten. Mm -hmm. Why, I can remember when I was just a little shaver toting them bundles of newspapers that was too big for me down State Line Avenue down home, trying to help out my poor, weary mother with the wherewithal to buy a few groceries. <laughs> well, sir, after my pappy died, I left the state university to look after my mother. I figured I wasn't laid out for back-breaking work, so I got me a job on the road demonstrating kitchen utensils from door to door. And that's when I started my card index of every family. So I could walk right into any farmhouse and call everyone by his first name. Hmm. That, uh, that's how I met Sue Ann's folks. Say, Toby, looks like this year nightclub is fixing to close up. Well, there's a lot of other places, number one. Uh, let's go over to Helen's. Well, you know best, Toby. As long as she's got friends. <laughs> you know, Toby's the boy to show you the bright lights, Ed. Or any other kind of lights. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sir, Sue Ann helped me study law in my spare time, and I set up an office. And then I run for county road commissioner, and Sue Ann and me drove around with the kids to see the folks I've been friendly with. And them folks elected me, Ed, and ain't let me out of public service since. Yes, sir, they had me on the state utilities commission and elected me to Congress. Oh, I had lots of favors offered me, Ed, but you can ask anyone, son. My record's as clean as a hound's tooth. And, uh, uh, say, where's Toby gone off to? Gosh, I don't know, number one. Uh, I've just been listening here. Hey, honey. Honey, where's that fellow we come in here with? <laughs> I guess he got drunk and went to sleep, Mr. Crawford. <laughs> That's Toby for you. But I ain't sleepy yet, baby. Uh, well, uh, you want another drink, Mr. Crawford? <laughs> there ain't no Mr. Crawford here, girlie. Just plain little old Chuck. And, uh, <clears throat> I reckon we're through talking, so, uh... Let's forget the drink. Why, huh? <laughs> Mr. Crawford, I mean, little old chap. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, well. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, what is it? Toby, there's a 
Sue Ann. Yeah, yeah, Sue Ann. What is it? Toby, it's late. Why aren't you at the office? We need you here. The office? Oh, I, I, I don't feel very well, Sue Ann. I'm sorry. Oh, Toby, we need you. Something's happened. Senator Stoat died this morning. Yeah? What's the governor going to do? He's appointing Mrs. Stoat to fill the term. Emma Stoat in the Senate? What's the idea? Then Chuck's going to run for the office for United States Senator. For Senator? All right, Sue Ann, I'll be there. I better have a little bracer before I go. In Texarkola, the political temperature is hotter than the weather, as rival candidates Chuck Crawford and Clyde Galbraith battle for their party's senatorial nomination, which in Texarkola assures certain election. No one knows yet which candidate Governor Steve Basquette will endorse, but his endorsement may decide the election. Meanwhile, Crawford is stumping the state in circus style, rallying his every man. All right, everyone, here's today's schedule. 8 o'clock, Pleasant Valley. 10 o'clock, Carnival at Arrowhead Springs. Noon, barbecue at Pablo Fort. 3.30, Livestock Exchange at Harmony. Five o'clock speech in front of the packing plant at Everhart, and tonight, Horton City. Where's Jackie Hastings? Here, Toby. Jackie, you drive number one on the white Lincoln. Right. From it, you take the Cadillac with Sue Ann and the kids. Saunders, you go ahead with the sound truck. Right. And wherever we stop, everybody check with me in case we change the timetable. And uh, there's one other thing, Jackie. Yeah, what's that, number one? I'm telling you to keep these gorillas of yours in line. Like yesterday, Saunders hitting that fellow with a set of brass knuckles. But, boss, I thought... Stop that I... trying to think. I'm doing your thinking for you. And you just do what you're told and keep out of trouble. Or you'll be building roads, son, not riding on them. Check number one. All right, you guys. Ah. Come on, Sue Ann, honey. And look, wherever we have a speech, you'll be sure and get those kids of ours on the platform, all three of them. Oh, Chuck. Norman Stark is outside to see you. Norman Stark? I can't see him now. we got to get moving. Uh, put him in the car with you, Toby. Right. You can talk to Norm on the way. <laughs> I've been watching your boy, Toby. He's a comer. Thought I'd check up firsthand today. I was sure glad to have you, Norm. This is the day we put the election in the bag. They're betting two to one on Galbraith in Horton City. Yeah? And uh, how are you betting? Well, you know that note we were talking about? Five grand for campaign expenses? You can put it in the bank today, Toby. Well, that's swell, Norm. Thanks. We can sure use the money. Uh, but before I make the big plunge... Uh, what about the governor? What's Steve Basquette going to do? And he's supposed to be at the meeting at Horton City tonight. That's what we hear from the Capitol. I'm a gambler, Toby. That's my business. I'll take that tip and those odds will be even before the day's over. Uh, do you need any more money? Maybe for radio time? <laughs> I thought you might come through, Norm, but I didn't like to ask you. Look, when I think all the real folding money I blowed on racehorses, well... What's the harm in asking me to buy a little piece of a politician? Oh, now, Norm, keep it straight. There are no strings, remember. Don't need any strings. I'll manage to cash my chips in if I bet me a winner. Yeah, that's your lookout, Norm. Yeah, we're pulling into town. I've got to get busy. Okay, Toby. 
Did you check them index cards? Yeah. The big, heavy set fellow is Frank Gooday, dairy farmer, strong party man. Local committee man is Waldensberger, a barber. Waldensberger. He would have a name like that. Yeah. A fellow named Fredericks. Sis, sucker suit and big cigar. See him. Local leader of every man a millionaire. Okay, okay. Look, uh, check on Sue Ann and the kids. Mm-hmm. Make sure the crowds can see him. Boy, what a jerk what a town this is. These rubes can't even build a decent platform. index cards for the next town, Toby. And look, you check with Jackie Hastings. I don't want no heckling here. Okay, Chuck. You just tell him to have his boys circulate. Give him some money for some local punks if he needs them. But there don't need to be no trouble. Just some good hard looks and a little jostling. That'll keep their mouth shut. That's Jackie's department, but I'll check with him. All right. You check up on the loudspeaker. And uh, tell Sue Ann to keep them brats still before I have to hush them. And you better check with the state capitol. Find out what the governor's fixing to do. Sure, Chuck, sure. You sure there's nothing else? Oh, now, don't get edgy, Toby. We all got to do our part, son. Oh, say, look at that crowd up ahead. <laughs> Half of them crackers think they came to see the carnival. But when I get through with them, son, every last one of them will think he came to hear little old Chuck Crawford. Be- <laughs> Here's a telegram from the governor. Why, why, Fanny Galbraith ain't got the chance of a satellite cap in the region where him and his money changing fence is going to go. Now, ain't that the truth now? I've got to see you, Toby. i got to see you behind the platform. What's the matter, sir? We've been double-crossed. we got to move fast. Oh, friends. Friends, you've heard a lot of lies. But all I'm trying to do with the help of you decent God-fearing people is to save the home and the little white church where we gather together on the Lord's day to worship the Lord of all harvest and blessings. Oh, Toby, look. Everything shot to pieces, and it's all up to you. Chuck, what's the matter? Why, that telegram you brought. You should have looked at it. 
It says Governor Basquette is too busy to come to the meeting at Horton City tonight. What's gone wrong, son? Well, after all, as the governor, he may have work to do. Ah, work nothing. He's fixing to endorse Galbraith after all. Oh, the big, fat, dirty, double-crossing toad. And if I don't get Steve Basquette's endorsement, I might just as well pack up and go home right now. But Galbraith is rat poison to Steve Basquette, Chuck. Rat poison can be sweetened up so anybody will eat it, son. Oh, look, Toby, look, I ain't never asked you before. But what'll Jerry Evans do for you? Well, Jerry and I have been friends for a long time. Yeah, but what'll he do for you? Look, Jerry means a lot to the governor. And, and, and Steve wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for Jerry. Jerry's a businessman, Chuck, you know that. Jerry doesn't like to do something for nothing. Well, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. I don't like it, Chuck. Oh, look, I know he don't trust me, but he trusts you, Toby. You're his friend, Toby. Call him up. He can still see Governor Basquette. Uh, all right, Chuck. I'll try. Well, Jerry, for a while I thought you were going to stand me up. We just wanted you to take a look at the meeting. You ought to see that man sewing up the votes. Now, I don't want to talk you into anything, Jerry. Just take a look for yourself, and then tell Steve Basquette what you think. All right, I'll look. But does this jaybird of yours have to go around putting these fool notions in people's heads? Oh, he's all right, Jerry. A man's got to cut up a little to get to the voters. There's some things in this man's country you can buck, and some you got to ride out. We'll be there in a couple of minutes. Will they let us through to get to the ballpark, Toby? Norm. Norm, I just thought. Stop here a minute. Stop the car. Oh, sure, Toby. Well, what's the matter? Hey, what's wrong with you? I... I don't feel so good. Look, maybe we can just stay here, huh? We can hear the speech on the car radio, not get messed up in that crowd. Say, what is this, Toby? I thought you all loved the comedy. Oh, Jerry, have a heart. It's just that, well, I... I don't think I can stand another crowd. I'm sorry, kid. You're really sick. I tell you what, we'll drive past the meeting after a bit, Jerry, and you can see the size of the crowd. I'll turn on the radio for the speech. I'm all right, Jerry. Just upset for a minute, a little worried, a little tired. I'm trying to destroy what our forefathers built up. And I say to you, friends, yes, and I say to those enemies, it's a lie. Oh, here, wait, let me take this coat off. Let me get this necktie loose. I declare I can't stand these store clothes, and those lies make me hot under the car. Everything we have here in this country is founded on the home. And right here and now, I'm going to answer the lies of my opponents. If any one of them folks ever seen or heard me do or say a substantial You can feel it yourself, Jerry. Home, you know he's going to be elected. Well, I wish they'd speak no one ever said I couldn't recognize a fact. Folks! What do you think well, I came over for today? That's fine, but what about the governor? Could he really be committed to Galbraith? Steve? No, he's just sitting on the fence, waiting to see which way to jump. Well, what do you say, Jerry? Are we going to see him? All right, turn that thing off. Let's drive back to the airport. We'll fly over and see Steve. Well, gentlemen, let's us just sit here on the porch. Now I'll take this old rocker, if you don't mind. It's a mighty hot day here, Governor. But it's as pretty a day for flying as I ever saw. We're fixing to fly over to Horton City. That Horton City meeting's going to be the biggest rally ever held in the state, Governor. There might be as many as 20,000 there. Jerry, Hmm? how do you reckon Chuck is doing? 
Now and then, Steve, a fellow like that turns up you've got to reckon with. Mob appeal, I guess. But mobs can vote. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't care much for that flying. But, uh... I think I'll drive the missus over to Horton City tonight. Good. I'll be looking for you there, Steve. That's wonderful, Governor. Say, you won't fail us, will you? You'll be sure to be there. Mr. Spotsworth, I generally manage to get where I'm planning to be at. Say, Jerry, let's just stand here in the doorway, huh? It's too hot in the hall the way I feel. What's the matter? Aren't you sure yet it's all sewed up tight? Oh, it's sewed up all right, Jerry. Jerry, you're watching a man become a senator tonight. You're seeing him take a step toward the White House. Yeah? Shall I call your postmaster general, Spotsworth? <laughs> or are you going to hold out for secretary of state? As governor of this greatest democratic state in the Union, I present a man who is worthy of your support. A man who is beloved by the people of Texarkola. A man who is to become your next United States Senator, the Honorable Homer T. Crawford. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Governor, thank you. But this year, this year ain't really the Honorable Homer T. Crawford. No, sir, this is just little old Chuck Crawford. Yes, and that you folks are sought out to honor by your own free will. And I just want to say that ever since I was a little shaver, talking them bundles of newspapers too heavy for me, down State Line Avenue, down home, trying to help out my poor weary mother with the wherewithal to buy a few groceries. Come on, Jerry, hurry up. It's all over with the shop. Let's go to the hotel. Okay, we'll celebrate the triumph of the common man. Head it out, Jerry. At least wait till I get a drink. Well, don't get sore, Toby. Okay, okay, but shut up. Shut up till I get a drink. You are listening to the NBC University Theater, starring Barry Sullivan in a one-hour dramatization of the John Dos Passos story, Number One. Now we will hear from Dr. Harvey Webster, visiting professor at the University of Louisville, author of the recent study of Thomas Hardy on a Darkling Plain, numerous publications on contemporary fiction and poetry, and now in charge of the radio-assisted correspondence course on contemporary literature, of which tonight's dramatization is a part. Speaking from Louisville, Dr. Harvey Webster. It is a fine thing that the University Theater of the Air is presenting John Dos Passos's number one, for this dramatization may call the attention of more readers to one of the best and least appreciated of contemporary American novelists. All critics, or almost all, acclaim him. He has been imitated by Americans north and south, by Frenchmen, by Russians, perhaps even by some Chinese. The reading public has too generally left his books unread and unbought, though they have bought and read many second-rate imitators. This is lamentable ingratitude or bad luck or lack of perception, for no American writer has loved all kinds of people more than John Dos Passos. In his first mildly popular novel, Three Soldiers, he tried to write about all soldiers, not just the officers and the rare heroes. 
In Manhattan Transfer, he tried to give the feel of all of New York, of all of its people and buildings, of all of its daylife and nightlife. In his longest novel, USA, he tried still more ambitiously to get all of America from 1900 to 1929 down on paper in the speech of the people. In Adventures of a Young Man, whose hero is Glenn Spotswood, the brother of the reluctant heel of number one, he tried to show an honest radical, his difficulties with dishonest ones, and his death in the Spanish Civil War that began World War II. In number one, but you are learning tonight what Mr. Dos Passos was trying when he wrote this one. I say trying, for I don't think Mr. Dos Passos always succeeds any more than Shakespeare always succeeds. But there is only one of these novels, the one about the Spanish Civil War and American radicals, that I think sometimes gets really bad. And whether Mr. Dos Passos got all of war into three soldiers, all of New York into Manhattan transfer, all of our country into USA or not, there can be no doubt that all three of these are exceptionally good, possibly even great novels. Number one may, and I hope with all my heart that it does, show a turn to a more promising field than any Mr. Dos Passos has explored before. In the early 40s, he wrote a book called The Ground We Stand On, in an attempt to find out who the great American heroes really were and what ideas meant the most to them and should mean the most to us. The ones he thought most important were Jefferson and Roger Williams, who believed most strongly in the for-the-people-and-by-the-people part of the United States way. Mr. Dos Passos wrote number one because he thought men like Chuck, who were unscrupulous, and men like Tyler, who let themselves grow cynical, endanger government for the people and by the people, and make government of the people too easy. He wrote number one because he thought, to quote the last words of the book, that the United States is weak as the weakest, strong as the strongest. The people are the republic. The people are you. Thank you, Dr. Webster. The story continues from Hollywood after a brief pause for station identification. The victory of Homer T. Crawford in the Texarkola senatorial primary was made official yesterday when his nomination was confirmed after a bitter court battle with the Galbraith faction. No official announcement was forthcoming from the Crawford headquarters in the absence of Crawford's private secretary, Toby Spotsworth. And Crawford himself is also... Here, Toby. Here, drink some more coffee. Go ahead, try. Careful, Toby. You're spilling it. Here, let me hold it. I'm sorry. Thanks. Thanks, Sue Right. Toby. Toby, where's Chuck? Chuck? I, I don't know. Oh, someone said something about celebrating at the Coronado Club. You know, Norm Stouch's Roadhouse. Oh, but he hasn't been home. Oh? Well, Norm has an apartment there upstairs over the nightclub. He might have stayed there. Toby, I want you to go out there. Get a hold of Chuck. I've got to see him. Yeah, sure. But what's wrong, Sue Ann? Anything with the election? No, it's certified all right, but it cost a lot more money than we reckoned. We've got to make a big loan somewhere fast. Well, Chuck's probably working on some kind of a deal. There's some deals you can't afford to make, Toby. Oh, I get worried sometimes. Awful worried. So many things can go wrong. All right, I'll find him, Sue Ann. And please, don't you worry. I wish that I could... Well, things will come out all right. They'll be all right. Who is it? It's me, Toby. Toby Spotsworth. 
Uh, come on in, Toby. Hey, look who's here. The forgotten man. All right, Toby, we've been looking all over for you. Hi, Norm. Where's number one? Just down the hall. Go get him, Jackie. Okay, but I don't think he's going to like being disturbed. Toby, you know Judge Banning here, don't you? Of course. Toby and I are old friends. Yeah, that's right, Judge. What brings you here? Business, my boy. Unfinished business because of you. Yeah, we almost left your name out of the incorporation papers. But uh, number one insisted that we wait. Incorporation papers? Sure. But Chuck can tell you about it. He's coming now. Well, hi, Toby. Hi. Oh, you sure picked a fine time to show up. How come you didn't check back at the hotel? I just did, Chuck. I just came from seeing Sue Ann. Sue Ann? Well, how's she feeling, Toby? She all right? Yeah, but she's worried some about a loan. Well, well, I'm taking care of that right now, son. You can call her after a bit and tell her I'm having a meeting with Jerry Evans and two ranking members of the Utility Commission. (laughs) And I ought to know their ranking. I put them there. Tell her, uh, tell her I'll be late on account of a business deal. Look, Chuck, Sue Ann's not a press conference. Well, tell her anything you want. Now, uh, first we better get this thing cleared up, Judge. Jerry Evans will be here any minute now. Well, very well. Uh, I'll review these papers for two. No, 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 don't review them papers. When you start with all them legal terms, it makes it sound fishy. Just bring them up to date. Well, it's it's like this, Toby. Yeah. The State Utilities Commission, of which I'm chairman, has decided to lease the oil rights of certain sections of the state parks to private companies. Yeah. In return for a cash advance and royalties. Uh-huh. Now, Chuck here suggested that we form a stock company to buy those leases. Oh, it's called the Struck Oil Company, with Norman Stauk as president and you, Toby Spotsworth, as vice president. Me? The whole thing's drawn up and signed, except for your signature. Right here, the paper. So go ahead, Toby. Let's have your little old John Henry. You see, I uh, I wanted to put you in as an officer instead of me, son, just to keep things on the up and up, you know. Here, sit down, son. Now, just sign your name on the lines marked with X's. Oh, all right. Let me see this one. Yeah. There That's we fine, are. Son. Now the leases have all been made out to be transferred to Jerry Evans. So uh, just add your name to this assignment. Say, maybe I'm not thinking very fast, but where does Jerry Evans come in? Well, well, it's simple, Toby. Our uh, friends on the Utilities Commission turn over the leases to your struck oil company. Uh-huh. Your company turns them over to Jerry Evans. He'll dig the oil wells, and the people of the state will get their rightful royalties. You see? Nobody loses a thing. Yes, sir. It's as clean as a hound's tooth, Toby. Of course, when uh, when your company transfers the leases to Jerry Evans, you'll make a profit, and that's natural enough. Mm-hmm. With that profit, you're going to buy shares in the Every Man a Millionaire Corporation that we're forming. However, I won't have a thing to do with the corporation. That's all up to you boys. Uh, <clears throat> naturally, however, the corporation will finance my political activities thus enabling me to continue to serve the welfare of the people of the state. It's me, Jackie. Open up. Okay, Jackie, come in. Here's Mr. Evans, boss. I brought him right up like you said. Is everything all set? Well, sure, sure, Jerry, just like we said. And say, you got here just in time, too. I was just fixing to turn them leases over to the amalgamated oil company. No, Mr. Evans, uh, here are the leases properly signed by the necessary two members of the Utilities Commission. And here's the assignment of the leases... Signed by the officers of the Struck Oil Company. Well, I guess that takes care of everything on our part, Jerry. Right, Chuck. And what you find in that briefcase will take care of my part, the advance payment. Maybe you better count them. No, no, no. Just turn it over to the treasure. I was never very good at arithmetic. Here. Here, Toby. You take care of this, son. Okay, I'll be going now. Stick around, Jerry. We're going to celebrate down in the nightclub. No, thanks. I make these deals, but I don't celebrate them. 
Now, bring that briefcase back to my room, Toby, and we'll talk while I'm getting dressed. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, this year's been a real night's nice work. Yeah, number one. <laughs> Everything's as clean as a hound's tooth. <laughs> That's right, son. Yes, sir. Look, you uh, you call Sue Ann and tell her everything's okay. And then as soon as I get out of these pajamas and get some clothes on, we'll go celebrate. I don't know, Chuck. I don't feel much like it. Oh, no? Well, see, what you looking at? Oh, oh, them cigarette butts in the ashtray, huh? Nah, they do look awful, don't they? Cigarette butts with lipstick on them. I declare I hate to see a gal smoke. Just never did seem right to me somehow. According to gossip, the Honorable Homer T. Crawford is nursing a black eye and wounded pride today as a result of a midnight scuffle at the Swank Coronado Club. The senator is unavailable for comment. And his secretary, Toby Spotsworth, laughs the whole matter off as a fabrication of Crawford's political... It's all so mean, Toby. So shameful mean. Sometimes, oh, sometimes I don't hardly see how I can go through with it. Look, Sue Ann. Sue Ann, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing people covering up, threatening people, begging favors, cleaning up messes. I'm about through, just about through with all of this. Chuck needs you, Toby. You've always been a team. We all know. But I tell you, I just can't take anymore. You think you're the only one? You think no one else ever feels that way? You think I like this? Oh, I'm not the crime kind, Toby. No. No, I know you're not, Sue Ann. I, I don't know what I'm thinking of crying when I talk to you. I'm ashamed of myself. I like it, Sue Ann. I want you to cry when you talk to me. No, you take it easy, Sue Ann. I'll handle things. Oh, Toby. Sue Ann. Sometimes I wish... Sue Ann, listen to me. Oh, no, no, it's no use. I've got to go. I've got to get some rest. You know, sometimes it's, it's so hard to sleep. The most bitter battle here at the National Convention is between the rival Crawford and Galbraith factions of Texarcola. Senator Crawford, scheduled to appear before the Credentials Committee today, is reported to be in solemn conclave with outstanding party advisors. His secretary, Toby Spots. Hey, Chuck. Chuck, I've got to see you. Come on in, Toby. Come ahead, son. Hi, boy. I'm just taking a bath. Sit down. Okay. Ed James and I have just come from seeing Bruce Slater. You know, the president's fair-haired boy... We figure he's about half sold, Chuck. If he says the word down in the credentials committee, we're in. If he says thumbs down... Ah, nuts to that. He better not mess with me, son. You just wait till he hears my speech to the committee. (laughs) Hey, look at that, Toby. Look at that, will you, son? Three months off the booze and my pot belly's gone. (laughs) Oh, boy. Shove over that bath mat, Toby, and hand me a towel, will you, son? Say, Chuck, that speech will tell the story one way or the other. (laughs) Yeah, it's a mighty good speech you wrote, me, Toby. Real scholarly. But it don't sound much like number one. Why, there ain't a hillbilly word in it. Oh, now, look, Chuck, this is no camp meeting. They're expecting you to put on a circus act. So why not fool them, eh? Huh? By golly, boy, you're right. Those highfalutin' liberals think that I'm just white trash, born under the dark of the moon. 
Well, sir, if it's book learning they want, I'll throw it at them. Friends and members of this committee, the question we have to decide today is which of these delegations really represent our party's voters of the state. And in our state, that means all the voters. In these times, no faction has the right to seek its own ends. Anyone who would seek an answer based on any concept except the welfare of his party and his nation is a traitor. He's got him, Toby. Look at him. They were expecting a clown. Yeah. I've got to go, Ed. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get some air. Don't you even want to hear your own speech? It's his speech now. Everything he touches becomes his. Okay, but... Well, I've got to stay here. I've got to report this thing. Okay, Ed. But I've got to go before I... Before I pass out. ...will act upon them without fear or prejudice. What are you doing here at the office? Is the meeting over? The meeting? What meeting? The credentials committee meeting. Oh, that. No, no, no. I left the meeting. I've been walking around. I've been thinking. Sue Ann, I'm going away. You think we'll win, Toby? No, we won't win, Sue Ann. He may win, but you won't. I won't. When I heard him start to talk, I knew I just couldn't stand anymore. You just all worked up, Toby. Where have you been walking? I've been walking with you, Sue Ann. Look, I talked it all over with you. Oh, Toby, Toby. What's the matter? You're talking crazy. You know what's the matter. Maybe I am crazy about you. Toby, you you mustn't be silly. That's the only thing that isn't silly. I love you, Sue Ann. I don't love votes and loudspeakers and big-shot conferences, but I do love you. I don't want to talk like this. I won't talk this way. I won't let you. I had to say it. I'd like to go away right now and never come back. Oh, Toby. We used to make jokes. We used to laugh. Now I feel so mean. Mean inside. Don't make it worse. I'm I'm sorry, Sue Ann. I'm really sorry. Oh, Toby, not you. Well, you're the one I count on. Even when you're drunk or sick. Sue Ann, I had to tell you. You've got to listen not to me. Not now, Toby. Please, not now. Just when everything's so important to him. Maybe it's all a mistake. Maybe it's all wrong this way, but... Well, you can't run out. Hiya, baby. Did you hear? Did they tell you, honey, we're in, we're in. Our delegation was seated. Really, Chuck? Oh, oh that's oh. wonderful. It's wonderful, Chuck. And I'm glad it's over. I- I'm going to take the boys and go back to the ranch. That's a good idea, and I'll be out there myself, honey, if I get a chance. And Toby's going away for a rest. A long rest to get all well again. And you do like the doctor tells you, Toby. Get yourself well. Do you hear me? Yes, sir. Sure, this is the time for it. We'll be needing you in the fall, boy. There were new developments today in Washington in connection with the Texarkola State Park oil scandals. Omer T. Crawford, elected Texarkola senator six months ago, claims the whole thing is a political frame-up. Meanwhile, Assistant District Attorney Mackenzie Turner announced that Crawford's private secretary, Toby Spotsworth, is flying to Washington to appear before the federal grand jury. Hey, Toby! 
Toby, over here, son. Oh, hiya, Chuck. I'm coming. Oh, you look awful, Toby. Are you all right? Yeah, sure. You're sober, ain't you? Yeah, yeah, too sober. I haven't had a drink for six months. Well, hurry up, then. we got to get out of here. we got a car waiting over here. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Spotsworth. Oh. We'd like to get a picture. I'm from Acme News. No, wait a minute. Oh, it's okay. I got it. Thanks. Get that guy, Jackie. Saunders, go get him. Give it to him good. Smash that camera. Here, give me that. Come on, Toby. Hurry up. In the car. Hurry up. Come on. Okay, get rolling. Step on it. Send it off us, Billy. Quick. Oh, those nosy photographers out of my own business. I ain't fixing to have my picture taken with no jailbird. Hmm? Oh, we're in trouble, Toby. A real fight. You boys sure got me in a jam this time. We got you. Look, look, you're doing all right. It's Norm Stalk and me who've had it rough so far. Well, I ain't let nobody go to jail yet. But they got you on the griddle, boy. And you're going to sizzle a little, even if I do get you off. Secretary Louise! Yes, Mr. Crawford. I'm here in Mr. Spotswood's office. Okay, you, you better stay there. We got some trade talking to do, but uh, send out and get some coffee for Toby. Black coffee. Yes, sir. Oh, no. Now, now you got to pull yourself together, Toby. That grand jury hearing's in an hour. Oh, this here is your lawyer, Toby, Mr. Grossman. How do you do? The pleasure is mine, Mr. Spotsworth. Your friend, Judge Banning, has asked me to assist you in this little, uh, Difficulty. Oh, man, oh, man, what a day. And I got to fly to Atlanta to make a speech tonight. Oh, you're sure giving me a lot of trouble, boy. Now, uh, this assistant district attorney seems to be very ambitious. But I'm sure we can find a solution. Oh, we'll all get tarred up some. There's no use kidding about that. We'll all get tarred up. But it don't need to do no harm. Oh, man. You sure look like a wreck, Toby, and I thought you were off the booze. I have been, Chuck, but this thing has got me down. Now, Toby, you've always been a drinking man. It's a shame, but it ain't no use trying to cover it up. And everyone knows a soak's memory is weak. Why, I wouldn't be surprised if you can't remember a thing. Chuck, why can't I just tell the story I did at the investigation down home? The profits of the organization, my share of them, were put in my name through loose bookkeeping. This year ain't down home, Toby. Well, Norm Stout just told them that his money from the corporation was in payment of a loan, and it was the truth, too. They ain't through with Norm Stout yet. And he can't prove that loan unless he can find that canceled check. And Toby, <clears throat> he ain't going to be able to find it. But, Chuck, how do you plan Toby, to... Toby, you couldn't hardly put anything past a man like Norm Stout. What he did was to throw a lot of wild parties, get you drunk, have you sign papers you couldn't even read, papers by the yard. Why, I wouldn't be surprised but what the big business interest put him up to it. Norm Stark is on the level, Chuck. He's a friend of mine. Folks can say that a man in my position shouldn't associate with a hopeless streaker. But after all, there ain't no harm in being a little soft-hearted. No, sir, I ain't never let a old friend down yet. But look, Chuck, I... Oh, what's the use? Well, now, look, I, uh, I gotta get back to the hotel. I gotta get ready to go to Atlanta for that speech Chuck, tonight. Chuck, when are you leaving town? Oh, now, don't you worry, Toby. Don't you worry. I'll see you before I go. We're with you all, all the way on this, son. Good luck, boy. Good luck. Mr. Spotsworth, there's a long distance call for you in your office. Oh, thanks. I'll take it in there. I'll be back in a minute, Mr. Grossman. Hello. Hello, this is Toby Spotsworth. Hello, Toby. This is Sue Ann. Sue Ann. Oh, oh Sue Ann, where are you? Sue Ann, let me get another connection. I can hardly hear you. Not that, Toby. My voice is kind of weak. 
guess. Doctor tells me I have to rest. But what's wrong, Sue Ann? Chuck didn't say anything to me. He doesn't know, Toby. I didn't want to worry him. Things upset him so when he has to make a big speech. And it's a big speech tonight, Toby. means a lot to him. Yes, I know, but Sue Ann, you'll be all right, won't you? Uh, you rest. You do like the doctor says, you hear me? Oh, Toby. How's everything there? Are you going to be all right? Oh, I don't know, Sue Ann. I don't know how it's going to be here. Oh, but nothing can happen now, Toby. It mustn't. Not when Chuck's gone so far. He says it'll blow over. I'm sure it will, Toby. Yeah, I guess it will. Maybe it's all over now. Sue Ann. I... I guess I'd better stop now. Goodbye. Sue Ann. Sue Ann. There's no way to get her back. Well, Mr. Grossman, I guess it's time to go. Yes, I think we'd better proceed to the hearing. Now, I cannot be with you before the grand jury, but uh, you may demand my advice on legal matters. Uh And if any question is, uh, well, too complex for you to answer, you may refuse on your constitutional rights. I see. You're not required to answer anything that may incriminate or degrade you. Mr. Spotsworth, you are Senator Crawford's private secretary, aren't you? And so you are thoroughly aware of all his affairs. Well, no, sir. I wouldn't say that. Are you a member of the board of directors of the Every Man a Millionaire Corporation? No, sir. Have you ever been in the past? Well, I I may have been a sort of dummy director at first. You, you see, it was all sort of informal. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not much of a businessman. The Treasury Department has been interested in your uh, your informality, hasn't it? Uh, yes. You see, our, our bookkeeping wasn't of the best. Roughly, what has been your complete personal income for the last five years? Oh, I'm afraid I... Well, I'd have to refresh my memory. How did you keep your accounts when you handled sums of money for Homer T. Crawford? Money? Well, well, I, I handled... Plenty of campaign funds. There you account to the various committees. On January 31st, 1935, did you, as treasurer of the Everyman and Millionaire Corporation, cash a check for $18,506 drawn on the funds of the corporation? Well, I... uh, I, I'd have to refresh my memory. When you took that sum from the bank, what did you do with it? I... I'd have to refresh my memory. Did you hand it to Mr. Croft? Not that I remember. Answer yes or no. I'm afraid I'll have to stand on my constitutional rights. Did you take the money yourself? No, sir. If such a sum was drawn, it was used for other purposes. What other purposes? Well, political purposes. It would probably be accounted for among campaign funds. It's not accounted for under campaign funds. What do you know about the state park oil leases? Uh... Just what I've read in the papers. Have you ever been in the oil business? Well, sir, in our part of the country, everyone's more or less in the oil business. Do you know anything about transactions involving the state park oil leases? Well, as I say, the papers... Answer yes or no. I'm afraid I'll have to stand on my constitutional rights. And you claim under oath to the grand jury that you are not an officer in the Everyman a Millionaire Corporation. I do. I am not an officer. That's all? Examination adjourned. Please be here at 2 o'clock with what records you can find. Yes, sir. Thank you. A 
got to make a phone call, Mr. Grossman. Chuck said he wouldn't leave for Atlanta until I called him. All right. If Senator Crawford's room still doesn't answer, I'll call his office. Thanks. But Louise, are you sure he didn't leave any word that he left for the airport? Oh, all right. Thanks. You say the senator's plane left for Atlanta an hour ago? Oh, all right. Thanks. Mr. Spotsworth, don't you think we should get your records first and then have lunch? No, you go right ahead, Mr. Grossman. Did you come to any decision as to how things went this morning? Oh, yes, I've come to a great decision. Oh, wait, uh, bring us four martinis. We're in a hurry. But, uh, Mr. Spotsworth, I'm not a drinking man. Okay, no offense. I'll drink yours, too. But if you'll pardon me, don't you think we ought to try to keep our heads clear for this afternoon? Look, I don't know much about law, but I do know how to get stinking drunk. And right now, I'm going to do something I'm good at. Look, Mr. Grossman, if you've finished your lunch, why don't you run along? I'll meet you at the federal court building. Very well. But I must advise you not to be late. This old grand jury. Then it's on my record that I like a little drink. Oh, thank you, waiter. Four more. Well, here I am, Mr. Grossman, right on the dot. Uh, Do they want me in the grand jury room now? Mr. Spotsworth, you won't have to appear. They voted a true bill. Oh, I won't have to appear? I'm afraid I have bad news for you. The grand jury has indicted you for perjury. And so, friends, as I speak to you tonight from this great city of Atlanta... I defy the forces of privilege that fought my downfall. Among my friends and associates, there may be those who have made mistakes through no fault of mine, perhaps through no fault of theirs, perhaps through human weakness and frailty. But I have looked in my heart, and ever since I was a little shaver, toting those bundles of newspapers too heavy for me down State Line Avenue, down home, trying to help my poor weary mother with the wherewithal to buy a few groceries. There is not one thing in my career that will not bear the scrutiny of investigation. But I defy my enemies, and I sound a clarion call to my friends. Toby, are you all right? Huh? Who is it? It's Toby, Ed James. Wherever What's the matter with you? I get a pass key to get here in your room. Oh, hey, sit down, Ed. Have, have a drink. You didn't answer me, Toby. I've been calling you, calling you. Oh, I'm sorry, Ed. I had to take the phone off the hook. I didn't want to be disturbed. You see, number one is making a speech. It's one of the most important speeches of his career. Hey, you be quiet, Ed. Nothing must go wrong with number one's speech. Oh, that big double-crossing bullhard He has been betrayed by false friends, Ed. Betrayed. By false friends he took to his bosom. Turn that thing off here. Here, here, I'll do it for you. Toby, I've been trying to get a hold of you all day. There's a warrant out for your arrest, man. I've arranged for you to accept it in the morning. A lot of people have arranged for me to accept it. Now, look, Toby, we gotta talk. I saw Mackenzie Turner today, the assistant DA. Now, he's got nothing against you, but he means business. He just wants you to produce the records. I haven't got any records, Ed. I can't remember a thing. Now, listen, Toby. You can be in the clear. He just thinks it's time to t- stop Chuck, and so do I, son. Now it's your duty to go down to that grand jury and tell all you know. 
Now, if you do that, Mac Turner will crush the indictment. Yeah. I'd look pretty, wouldn't I, sobbing out my story on the district attorney's shoulder. And it wouldn't stop Chuck. You know it wouldn't. Now, Toby, boy, let, let's go over to my place and sober up a bit, huh? Then we'll go down and talk to Mac Turner. What is a duty? To take a rap or save your own shivering skin? Oh, Toby, all I want is for you to get sobered up and talk to Mac. Now, come on, boy, let's go. No, no, Ed. Come on, now, I'll help you. No, let me alone. Now, be reasonable, Toby. You'll go to jail, son. You'll go to prison. Now, come on. Now, get your hands off me. You're coming, Toby, if I have to break your arm. No, you don't. Uh, Toby. Ooh. All right. Get up. Now get out. Get out. Get out! The investigation of Senator Homer T. Crawford's Every Man a Millionaire organization came to an end today with the conviction of Toby Spotsworth, the senator's former private secretary and a former officer of the Every Man a Millionaire Corporation. Testimony revealed that the senator was not connected with the corporation and that he was not advised of the activities of his underlings. In commenting on Spotsworth's sentence to imprisonment, the senator said he was shocked by the behavior of those he trusted, but that he would carry on with his work because of his sacred obligation to the common man. The curtain falls on the third of five programs in which the NBC University Theater will bring you radio plays based on great American stories. Tonight, John Dos Passos, number one, as adapted for radio by John C. Wilson, has starred Barry Sullivan as Toby, with Wally Mayer as Chuck. Barry Sullivan can soon be seen in the Paramount production, The Great Gatsby. Tonight's cast included Marvin Miller, Trudeau Marson, William Lally, Doris Singleton, Bob Bruce, Ship Mencken, Dan Riss, Tom Charlesworth, Frank Gerstel, Ralph Moody, and Charles Seal. Our thanks to Dr. Harvey Webster, author, now in charge of the radio-assisted correspondence course on contemporary literature, for his comments on our novel. The orchestra was conducted by Henry Russell, who composed the original music for our play. The production was directed by Andrew C. Love. We invite you to listen next week to the NBC University Theater when we present a play based on the story Noon Wine by Catherine Ann Porter, starring Beulah Bondi. Productions of the NBC University Theater are currently being used in conjunction with a course in American fiction under a college-by-radio plan at the University of Louisville. This program came to you from Hollywood.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.